This morning, our program is entitled Lord of Glory. So I'd like to talk to you just for a few minutes about what does that really mean? The phrase Lord of Glory comes to us from the book of 1 Corinthians. It's chapter 2 where Paul is explaining the uniqueness and the glory of the gospel. Now, when we speak of the glory of the Lord, we are speaking of his unique excellence. He alone is God. He alone is the creator. Everything else is the creation. And as I was reflecting on this this morning, and I was thinking about when I came to know the Lord, I came to know the Lord when I was 15 and a half years of age. I still remember what it was like to be lost. I still remember what it was like to be thinking about Christmas and the way that the world ordinarily thinks about it. But it's different when you come to know the Lord and God is with us as we sang this morning and as we spoke this morning in our verse about Emmanuel. The meaning there is God is with us. So what we'd like to do today is convey this to you in a very memorable way as a Christmas gift to all of you and those of you listening online as well. And here's what we want you to understand about this presentation. We know that this time of year, you're going to see many Christmas programs, Christmas presentations. Perhaps you've already been to Christmas presentations here in the area or concerts or something like that. Here's why this is different. And this will come out in your Sunday school lesson this morning. In Sunday school, we're going to be talking about Psalm 126, about the release from captivity. But it's interesting to go back and ask about when they were in captivity. And the teachers this morning will be showing you the psalm where they came from captivity. But here is when they went into captivity. And what happened there was that they were taken captive and they went toward Babylon. And here's what their Babylonian captors said to them. They said, hey, hey, sing the songs of Zion for us. And in other words, we'd like to be entertained on this long journey, 770 miles or so trudging along. We'd really like to be entertained. And those who responded to them said no. And what it says is they actually hung up their harps on the willows. They said, how can we sing the songs of Zion in a foreign land? Now, here's the way we would apply that today, and you've already heard this. There are those who think of Christmas songs as merely entertainment for pagans. I still cannot believe that I heard Handel's Messiah and the Hallelujah Chorus put to a rock beat years ago. I'm still marveling that anybody would have such a lack of discernment that they would do that. But it's not all that uncommon now to find that so many of the wonderful Christmas songs which express such beautiful doctrine have, in fact, merely become entertainment. It's just entertainment for pagans. Here's why today is different. Because what we're speaking to you about is the Lord of glory and his gospel of grace And what I decided to do this morning to try to convey this glory was just put together a series of verses. I did not write these out for you. I'm glad to pass this along to you if you'd like to have a copy of it. But you know about the Bible speaks of the glory of God. Romans 11, 36, of him and through him and to him are all things. That is, he is the creator, he is the sustainer, he is the sovereign Of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever. In other words, magnifying his unique excellence. 
Well, this comes out, as you can see, in places like Psalm 29, verse 2. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. So today as the choir and as the narrators, as they magnify the Lord of glory, here's what we're hoping you will do. We are hoping that you will lay this to your heart, that you will become not merely a, a, an observer, uh, not merely a spectator. We're actually hoping that you will take this and lay it to heart. And at the end, I think we're going to be singing joy to the world, that you would express your joy from your heart. Why? Because the Bible says we're to give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. And he says, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Holiness, first and foremost, means separateness. That's the first meaning for the word holy is it means separate in the sense that we pray, Lord, hallowed or holy be your name. Again, he's the creator. Everything else is a creation. And here's what he tells us to do. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness recognizing that he is completely separate from his creation. He is separate from sin and evil. And yet, and yet, he has condescended. He has come to us in Emmanuel. He has come to us. The Lord Jesus Christ was born, and he is expressing the glory of the Lord today. So the Bible is about the glory of the Lord. And here's the really amazing thing. You say, well, it's wonderful that the Lord has this glory, what does that mean to us? Does it have any implications? Does it have any applications for the way that we live our lives or can live our lives today? Yeah, here's what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 3.18, as you can see on the screen. But we all with open face, beholding as in a glass, the word we would use today would be mirror, beholding as in a mirror, the mirror of the word of God, But we all, with open face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory. That's pretty amazing, folks, that when you think about the Lord of glory, his unique excellence, it has applications for you and me. It means something. You see, everybody today is trying to make meaning of all these events. That is, they are trying to interpret. They are trying to figure out, hey, what is it about Christmas? And why is, why is Christmas so special to all of you? Here's why it's so special. That the Lord of glory has come. And as a result of that, we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, we are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. You say, wait, what does that really mean? Our Lord is gracious, and that means that we can become gracious people. Our God is truthful, and that means we can become truthful people. Our God is just, and that means we can be people who are just. All of these things given to us because God became a man. Yet, how did the Lord help us to understand how mankind had responded to us. Well, you know this well, as you've heard us many times from this pulpit, but if you don't mind, take your hand and put it out in front of you just like this, just for a moment. And as I say this verse, just bring your fingers together over each phrase. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful 
They became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Do you agree with me that in this day and time and in this society, there is a creeping, growing darkness? Do you see the darkness? If you didn't miss it, if you didn't catch it in the news this week, there was an elective, elected representative who was defending pedophilia, defending the abomination of pedophilia, saying that to condemn them would be discrimination against their orientation. And when I read that, I thought, oh, Lord, where, where, where are we all going with this? If you have not read about what happened in the White House this week, that who was present when the so-called Respect for Marriage Act was signed. If you have not read those news articles, dear friends, you need to understand that you need to stay up with those things because there is a growing, creeping depravity, a decline into depravity all around us. How did that happen? Take your hand again. Let's walk through it again. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Just as surely as your Bible tells you about the glory of God, it also tells you about the rebellion of mankind. And you might ask, well, so what does that really mean? Well, there's something to bear in mind. We're spelling the word grace here, G-R-A-C-E, the glory of God, the rebellion of mankind. Here's the letter A, the awful penalty for that rebellion. You say, there is a penalty. There is a penalty. There is a consequence. There is a, a kickback. For every kick, there's a kickback. For every action, there is a reaction. And here is what the Lord has told us in advance. There is an awful penalty for this. The, you can see it worked out in, in actual history. You can see this. Now, keep this in mind. I have on the screen Isaiah chapter 3, verse 8. Here's what I want you to remember. These are God's chosen people. Okay? These are God's chosen people. His people whom he has chosen. And their capital city is Jerusalem. And yet, what, what does the prophet predict here? He says... For Jerusalem is ruined and Judah is fallen because their tongue and their doings are against the Lord to provoke the eyes of his glory. Isn't that an interesting phrase? Provoking the eyes of the glory of God. How does somebody do that? When they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, became vain in their imaginations, their foolish heart was darkened. And what they're doing is they are provoking the eyes of his glory. And sure enough, in 586 BC, in just according to what the prophets said, Isaiah and Jeremiah, Jerusalem was reduced to rubble. If you ever go back and read the book of Lamentations, Jeremiah next wrote Lamentations, you begin to see the really awful penalty for sin. You say, well, what does that mean to us? Who we, we are here, our city is not destroyed, our nation, we agree there's a, there's a creeping depravity, there's a creeping evil. 
What is the awful penalty that's described? Well, you could read it over in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 9. Here's what it speaks of. Who, speaking of human beings, people, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Dear friend, we love you enough to clearly tell you the truth about this. That there will be those on the left hand at the, at the white throne judgment that Jesus will say to them, depart from me, you cursed into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. The lake of fire, hell, will be emptied into the lake of fire. The lake of fire was prepared for the devil and his angels. And yet the testimony of the scripture is this, that there will be those who in rebelling against the Lord, they will be turned into everlasting fire. They will have a destruction that goes on and on and on. In a recent message, we talked about this. They have no rest day or night. That's the awful penalty for rebelling against God. What we saw played out in Jerusalem being destroyed, not only in 586 BC, but destroyed again in 70 AD, pictures for us the kind of destruction that we are talking about here. And this is why one of the verses that we looked at this morning in our catechism, our our question and answer time, one of the reasons we looked at that was to recognize, you know, it's in hearing the gospel, just as you are hearing the gospel of grace this moment, just as the choir is going to sing the gospel to you, just as the narrators are going to demonstrate and show you and broadcast the gospel to you, That's how the Lord works to awaken sinful and dark hearts to a new understanding because they do recognize the awful penalty for the rebellion of mankind. You say, Pastor, this is Christmas time. Is there any good news here? There is, in fact, good news. And here is the good news that the Lord of glory, Christ, Christ paid the penalty. The letter G, the glory of God. The letter R, the rebellion of mankind. The letter A, the awful penalty for that rebellion. But glory to God. Ours is today a very good news. And that is that Christ paid the penalty for the rebellion of mankind. Go to any jewelry shop and you'll see the way they place their jewels so that they will sparkle the most against, many times, a very dark backdrop, like a black velvet backdrop. That's what depravity is like. The growing, creeping darkness in our society, the growing depravity shows us where's the light, where, where is the real help that we will get. And the answer comes from understanding the glory of God in the gospel that Jesus Christ came to this earth, as we'll sing about virtually all morning this morning in this program. Here's why it's so important. Now, here's, here's the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul was an incredible scholar. I mean, he understood much about Greek philosophy. He understood much about the learning of the day. He read and understood the poets of the time. He even said about the, the people of Crete, their poet says they are always liars and slow bellies. I mean, he, he was very familiar with the news and the culture and the way people thought and, in essence, the talking heads of their day and the political oratory of the day. Here's what the Apostle Paul said. He said, no, 
This is so simple. For I determined not to know anything among you. That is, not to convey anything among you except this, Jesus Christ and him crucified. Why would the crucifixion of the Christ be the central message of the Apostle Paul? It's because it's the central message for all of history. History, after all, is his story. It is the Lord working through us. And the Apostle Paul went on in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Here's what he said. He said, we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Now, what's a mystery in the biblical sense? A mystery is something that was you were given clues about in the Old Testament that are brought into a bright understanding and a fullness of understanding in the New Testament. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, now catch this, which God ordained before the world unto our glory. You mean to tell me that God planned all of this? He, he planned for a Christmas program like this one this morning to convey the glory of the gospel working in people who come to know him. He planned all that out before the foundation of the world. And he ordained those who would trust him and accept him. I mean, he recognized in his effectual call, the Lord was working all these things together even before the foundation of the world. You say, no, wait, 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 wait. If he did that before the foundation of the world, then why didn't he just design it so that there was no evil? There was no rebellion against God. I mean, it was just, you know, steadiness all the way through. Well, here's what you need to recognize, that the Lord designed this universe. And by the way, this was his first choice of all reality. God doesn't do second best. You as a human being designed in the image of God, you were designed to be his utmost and highest choice of who should populate his earth, of who should be alive at this very time. He designed it all for his glory. Now, again, remember, what, is, what does it mean to say his glory? It means magnifying his unique excellence. You say, but why did there have to be evil? Well, think about the word grace just for a moment. What is, what is grace? Grace is God's unmerited favor or his undeserved kindness that he gives to all of us. How could God demonstrate his undeserved kindness except among people who didn't deserve it? That tells you what he's doing there, that he is revealing his grace. He is showing the greatness of his favor. He is showing us his mercies and he's doing so among people who do not deserve it. Perhaps you're here today and you're saying, I've been so wicked. I've been so bad. I don't deserve to be saved. Here's the good news. Dear friend, Jesus Christ died for your sins and for my sins. One of the more remarkable illustrations I have ever read was of a Lutheran chaplain who spoke German who was called to become the chaplain for those who were to be tried at Nuremberg in the Nazi war crime trials after World War II. And here is this man working with people like Goering, 
He, he is working with the, these who have just been so very wicked and so intent on killing people, especially killing Jewish people. And here's the amazing thing. Some of them came to know the Lord. Some of those wicked people in their terrible depravity, some of them came to recognize, what have I done? In the words of the prodigal son, the parable of the prodigal son, they came to themselves and they recognized, what have I done? What have I done? They began to see their sin when they saw the glory of God. That's exactly why Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The apostle Paul said, we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would, have not, they would not have crucified, note the title of this morning's message there, the Lord of glory. This is so amazing. This is so mysteriously wonderful that the Lord would decide it in this way, that he would, to the glory of God, send the Christ to pay the penalty for our rebellion. And today, if you wonder, well, should I really lay this to heart? Should I really embrace this? I just want you to see what the Lord is saying here. In a, in a, in a way that surpasses our understanding, here's what he says. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those that love him. Friend, Have you stopped to think about in this world where the curse is so prominent that Jesus Christ has promised to come and reverse the curse? The Lord has promised that his Savior, the Messiah, will come and reverse the curse, will change all of these things. And he goes on to say, Eye has not seen, neither ear heard. You think you have some wonderful Christmas presents under the tree this year? You've seen nothing yet. Eye has not seen, neither ear heard, neither neither have entered into the heart of man the things that we're speaking in. In other words, we in in our in our logic, in our in our trying to assemble information and, and put it all together, and maybe it's the, the greatest of technology and the greatest of wisdom and everything else like that. We still don't even begin to conceive of it. I has not seen, neither ear heard. But look what he says in the next verse. But God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. That Bible you hold in your hand, that Bible you use on your tablet or device, that is God's revelation the communication of a body of truth that was not formerly known. That is God communicating with you. So no, eye has not seen, neither ear heard, neither has it entered in the heart of man. But God has revealed this to us. That's part of the joy this morning that the choir comes to, to sing to you about the Lord of glory. God has revealed them unto us by his spirit, for his spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. All right? That raises a question then. So what? The glory of God, the rebellion of mankind, the awful penalty for that rebellion. Christ who paid the penalty, 
Here's the so what. Embracing Christ by faith today. The way it's expressed in Corinthians is today is the day of salvation. Notice what it says in Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11. Many people in our congregation have included this in testimonies recently, and they have talked about the glory of what they've seen in these verses. Think about this. Wherefore, because of what Jesus Christ did for all of us, dying the sinner's death that every one of us deserved, and then going on to rise again from the dead, that that Jesus Christ, who lived the righteous life we should have lived, died the sinner's death we should have died, rose again from the dead, here's what it says, wherefore God also has highly exalted him. Pause just for a moment to ask this question. If God the Father highly exalted him, then shouldn't all of us as human beings do the same? Shouldn't we agree with the Father that, that what the Father takes pleasure in, we would also take pleasure in. God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. Now here's your so what? That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Have you ever gotten on your knees before God and cried out to him? In the privacy of your room or some private place, have you just gotten on your knees and confessed to the Lord that Jesus Christ is Lord? And that you are a sinner and that you are not God. And if you cried out to ask the Lord to save you, the amazing thing about the question and answer that we, we together just said the answer to a few moments ago, this is exactly how people are saved. You say, well, no, 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 I've got to, I've got to, I've got to clean myself up. I've got to, yeah, I've got, there's all kinds of things that I have to do, you know, to, to get myself ready to meet with God. Guess what? You can't do it. None of us could. None of us could do that. Only the Lord of glory, only the Lord Jesus Christ, that he might bring us to God. That's why he came. So today, as you hear us sing and testify about the Lord of glory, we would ask you to participate from your hearts and that when you are called upon to sing, to sing from your hearts. And that you would embrace the one who is the Lord of glory because this was designed by the Lord for his highest and greatest excellence. Shall we bow our heads together to pray? Lord, we glorify you for the opportunity this morning to make your message so clear and to try to convey the glory of it. Father, it is our earnest desire today to please you and to praise you. And just as you have highly exalted the Lord Jesus, that we also, every one of us from our hearts today, would highly exalt the Lord of glory, praising him and praising you, dear Heavenly Father, for all that you have done. Bless us, we pray. Grant that your spirit would have free reign in this program and that you would move hearts, that you would open hearts 
for the greatness of the glory of your grace. And we pray these things in that matchless name of Jesus Christ. Amen.